0: Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Man, we are on this journey of entering into that realm, that place where we not only enter, encounter God deeply and personally, but we also encounter and have access to all the resources of God. This is how this is how God intends for us to live. He does not intend for us to live enslaved to the world and to the world system. Remember God and the model that we're looking at is the model of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. Egypt is the world system. Egypt is not just sin. It's the world system. And, you know, we have to choose to follow God out of the world system. Well, coming out of the world system means we stop thinking about God the way we used to think. Stop thinking about eternal life. Stop thinking about how we raise kids. Stop thinking about how to be uh, you know, a, a godly person. We've got to give up our every opinion or be willing to give up our every opinion the moment we realize that it's in contradiction to God's word. And that happens because we make Jesus Lord. Now, when we make this journey, if when we come to the Lord, if we really are teachable, if we're really looking for God, you know, many people come and all they really want is a ticket to heaven. That they, they don't really have much interest in and this life and what we should do in this life and 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 you know experiencing transformation in this life but the real truth is god wants us to begin living in this realm that's called heaven or called the kingdom of heaven right now he wants us to begin enjoying life as if we have already entered into new jerusalem so we come to jesus as lord and and You know, in those early days, people are always talking about how they they had so much enthusiasm, they had so much passion, and they had so much excitement in those early days, and they don't understand how they lost them. Well, I'm not a church basher because, man, I, I love good church. I love great group worship. I love what happens in a, in a, not just a church service, but in a church function. But sadly, there are so many churches that preach things that are contrary to the gospel, that, that the very places that people often go for help become the places that squeeze the life and the joy and the peace out of them. You know, I can't even tell you how many tens of thousands of people over the last uh, 30, 40, 50 years has said to me, you know, they had to go through getting healed over their anger toward church because they were excited for god they were living godly and they went to church and they lost all of their passion now i'm a firm believer in personal responsibility so as far as i'm concerned it really doesn't matter what the church was doing doesn't matter what anybody else was doing the question was what was i doing why did i why did i not read the bible for myself why did i not believe the bible for myself and those are questions people have to accept and move on and stop blaming somebody else for your messed up theology and your messed up life but but the real truth is the majority of people lose their passion for a personal intimate relationship with God because it is slowly overtaken, overthrown, and replaced with religion. And I'm telling you, God is not the God of religion. He is everything but. So we come to the Lord, and, man, and, you know, and so here we are. We're like, okay, I've got this incredibly deep, passionate, longing for God. What do I do? Uh, you know, I I have the sense that there's more. How do I find it? I know, and I have this continual awareness as if God is trying to speak to me. How do I hear him? How do I get to where I can hear God? Well, the truth is, those are the questions that people are asking when they first get saved, and sadly, those questions don't get answered when they get tied up with some place that is more religious than it is anything else. So I want to talk to you about the fact that once you perceive that there is a kingdom, the Bible says when you have been born again, John 3, 3, that's when you see have the capacity to see and perceive that there is, in fact, a kingdom. And if when you begin to perceive that there is a kingdom, then you start making a series of very deliberate steps to walk this path of life, this path of righteousness that God. Has has called us to walk. Now, many people, once they realize what it's going to cost them, because it does cost you your whole. You can't get a brand new life if you don't give up this life, and you can't any place where you hold on to this life and your views that come from this life, you can't experience the kingdom of heaven in those places in your life. So, we're talking about this journey where we experience the kingdom of God where we experience the kingdom of heaven, where we enter into this place of rest, where we have God's protection, God's provision, all of these things that he promises. And so let me just say this, by the way, about God's resources, protection, and provision. Uh, those are things that God is always trying to do for you, for me. But if we don't pay attention to his voice, if we don't follow the spirit as he leads, if, if we don't you know uh, surrender to the lordship of Jesus and follow him as our shepherd then it doesn't matter what he's trying to do it doesn't matter that he has provided eternal life he's provided eternal life for the whole world but not everybody's going to heaven because they're not going to choose that but he's also provided protection he's provided provision he's provided all kinds of resources he's provided victory for every believer but the question is Am I, am I going to walk that path? Am I going to receive those things, bring them to myself, and incorporate them into my life? Because they don't happen automatically. One of the things that you have to remember is this. God gave all authority here on planet Earth to man. And, uh, you know, religion has tried to tell us that is not true. Religion tells us that every time we sin, we give authority to the devil. There's no place in the Scripture that teaches that stuff In fact, the scripture teaches the very opposite. The book of Colossians was written partially to refute the idea that we give authority to Satan when we sin. We don't give authority to Satan because Jesus has all authority, and we don't have any capacity, any ability to give his authority to Satan or to anyone else. So, God's not going to violate our will. Since we have authority, he will not violate our will, which means every step that we take along this path is a step that we have to choose. So the fact that we've got our hearts open to God and we start recognizing God leading us and we're reading uh, the word of God, we're renewing our mind, then we start having a sense. Some people would call it intuitive sense, which is really usually God speaking to your heart of how God is leading us. So if we have made Jesus Lord, we have made a choice to always surrender our will to his will. So this means we can recognize and hear what he is saying when he's trying to lead us. One of the interesting things, I've said this to many of you for the last several years, the Hebrew word for hear and obey are the same root word. And the concept is that we can only hear what God's saying if we're already willing to obey it, to follow it. You say, well, how do I know that I'm willing to follow it if I haven't heard it yet? Well, you know what? That's just not the way it works because the truth is God speaks it into your heart and you close your heart off to it. You harden your heart to it or whatever. If it's something you don't want to do, if you think it's going to be too inconvenient, if you think that's going to be too hard, so we we start making this journey, you know, we surrender ourselves to Jesus as our Lord, we determine we want to follow Him, we want to build our life on His teaching, his modeling and and his example. and so we start this journey then toward the kingdom of heaven and, and well, actually entering into the kingdom of God and discovering the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is any realm where Jesus is Lord, where God reigns through the Lord Jesus, which means his written word, the word he's speaking to to our heart, how he's attempting to lead us. All of those factors uh, are factors that we choose deliberately and willfully to surrender to. God is not making us do anything. And then he leads us in the journey to what we call the kingdom, if you will, which is, which is Canaan was a type of heaven. And so when we enter into that realm, that's where we cease from our own labors. That's where we start experiencing the resources and the protection of God in ways that we probably never, never, ever have. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this journey. And help you realize that this is not a journey of performance this is this is not about you earning something from god it is a journey it is something we have to yield to it is something we have to choose it is something we have to say yes to but it is always our free will now you say well, well why is there a journey why doesn't god just automatically bam just you know uh, snap his fingers and we're we're in the kingdom well again Because every step of the way has to be our choice. Now, the children of Israel, when they made this, when they set out on this journey to go to Canaan, you have to remember that uh, none of that generation, other than Joshua and Caleb, none of that generation actually made it into the promised land, into that place of rest, into that kingdom of heaven. Why didn't, why didn't they make it there? Because, you see, in this journey that God takes us on from Egypt all the way into the promised land, along that, there are certain spiritual demarcation points that we, that we experience. And with the children of Israel, at every point, and really we have feasts now to the Jews, uh, were given feasts to establish to remember each one of these points and they were all types that we come to see whenever we in this generation when we become born again believers. First thing is we have to we have to be willing to come out of Egypt. Therefore as we have that first feast and as a feast of unleavened bread where we give up all the all the ideas, all the influences of the world, all the beliefs, all the opinions that come to us through the world system and we surrender ourselves to God. And then of course the very next thing that happens is we have to decide if whether or not we believe that the blood of Jesus actually delivers us from the wrath of God or not. Now, you know, this just doesn't seem important, but you got to remember, you know, I have been preaching the gospel of peace and the message of grace. Uh, I was one of the three pioneers that introduced this message to America on a national level, and, and then I was the first to Take this to the international world. Well, grace and peace, as much as anything, introduces a person to this unconditional love of God, to God's uh, power and strength that will work in you and, and take you on this journey. And it all revolves around the fact that God has made peace with us through the Lord Jesus, and He has made a covenant of peace with us where He says He will never, never, you know, but we're baptized into Jesus. And he will never, 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 you know, uh, cause Jesus to have to suffer any of this wrath again. Well, if we're in him, then we are delivered from the wrath of God. We're delivered from the penalties. We're delivered from the punishment. Therefore, we are at peace with God because we have been baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ. We have become a part of his body. But you can experience the reality that you might get the doctrine of it. You might have some, you know, some grasp doctrinally in the fact that we're a new creation. And you might have some grasp, you know, that, okay, God loves you. But, you know, you can believe those two basic things and you can still put a lot of twists on it. You can say, well, see, God loves me so much that, you know, he let one of my kids get killed. So, so he could teach me something. God loves me so much that he made me sick. So I would be humble. You know we add all these nuances on there that contradict everything that God said he did through the Lord Jesus, that contradict everything that he established through the new covenant, that even contradict his names so that we're actually taking the names of, of God in vain. The journey that God is taking us on, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says in the book of Corinthians, he says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it even entered into your heart or your mind or your imagination The good things that God has for you. And He says they have to be revealed to you by the Spirit. So the problem is, even many people who intellectually say, Yes, I want to make this journey, they do not follow God's wisdom and instruction, and of course, later on, Jesus' wisdom and instruction, teaching us to establish our heart in the kingdom of God. Because once we establish our heart in the kingdom of God, the gospel of peace, the covenant of peace, the message of grace, all those things are factors that are only understood properly when they are recognized in the kingdom context, if you will. And if we start looking at grace and peace, all these things outside of the kingdom, then really we've gone, we've spilled over the boundaries and we're no longer really within the focus of what God is trying to do in our lives. So, so, uh, we make this journey and every step along the way whether it's the step of the feast of unleavened bread give you know repenting from dead works repenting from everything the world's ever told number two going through passover coming to believe full and be fully convinced that we are delivered from the wrath of god and then next the uh, you know the, the the first fruits where Jesus is raised from the dead and the next crossing the red sea where we're baptized into the body of Christ and the next going to mount sinai where where we are baptized in the holy spirit all of God's word is written on our heart and it just goes one thing right after another and so the thing is we we're going through each one of these phases uh so that we are developing this inner strength this inner capacity to make this journey to and into the kingdom of God, and experience heaven here on earth. That is what everybody's called to do, and our personal calling, uh, you know, whatever our destiny is, whatever our anointing is, whatever our office is, that comes secondary to first making a commitment and starting this journey right here. God does not need you fulfilling, trying to fulfill your personal calling when you won't even fulfill what he is calling you to. Because what he is calling you to is where the character is developed. It's where the heart is developed. It's where you keep having these encounters with God that strengthen you and, and expand your capacity for grace and power and faith and all, all of these kinds of things. So here's the thing. When the children of Israel set out, and we've talked already about this, they set out looking for a place like Abraham. They didn't even know where they were going. They had been slaves in Egypt for, for hundreds of years. They, they didn't even really know for sure where Canaan was. They didn't even know for sure if there was really even a real for real Canaan land. Maybe it's just a myth. Maybe it's just one of those Sunday school stories, you know, that, that you hear about. So they start this journey just like we do knowing in their heart that there's something there, but never having seen it, never having experienced it, not being able to fully explain it. So I want you to understand something. That's the journey that God's calling you to. And, you know, you've got to be willing to follow him to a place you've never gone. You've got to be willing to follow him when you're not even sure where you're going. You've got to trust that he will protect you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because you are following him. He is your source. He is your life. He is your everything. And so I'm going to talk to you about this journey and how to start understanding and preparing yourself to make this journey. But listen, let me mention, I got an incredible series, Heaven on Earth, that you can order right now. You can download it or you can order CDs, but uh, you can also, you will also with that get a downloadable uh, copy of my book, Heaven on Earth. And I'm telling you, this is going to equip you to make a journey. You know, my books and my audio messages, these are designed not to just be repeats of what I'm saying in these broadcasts, because I do them all different, because I want to hit you with this so many different ways that you're going to, there's one of them that's going to make sense to you. There's one of them that's going to get through to you. There's one of them that's going to boost your faith. So be sure and check out the audio series. And remember, whenever you make an investment in yourself by, by purchasing the series, 85 cents out of every dollar you spend with us goes into outreach and touching the world. In the book of Luke, the 17th chapter, you know, the, when Jesus was talking about the, the kingdom of God, you got to realize they, they were really, I'm sure, I'm sure they were so confused about what the heck is he talking about? Because you see, they really had an idea of what the messiah was going to do whenever he came back and in their minds, the messiah was going to come the first time and he was going to establish his kingdom there in israel and israel would rule over all the nations of the earth and they would break the yoke the political yoke of rome off of their backs and so really the majority of um religious jews probably not the people but the majority of religious jews their idea of the messiah coming was really a power thing it was all about politics and power and and them taking over the world and them being in charge and getting even with everybody that had ever that had ever oppressed them and uh as believers sometimes what we're looking for, what we're expecting God to do is totally different than what he promised, but we don't like what he promised. We don't like that, uh, you know, that what he said. You know what, I, I told you this, when I read the Bible the first two or three times through, man, I'll tell you, I would come up on things that God would do, and I'd be like, God, I, that don't even make sense to me. Why would you do that? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be that merciful. I wouldn't be that kind. of would kill that person, and so, but I always realized when I felt that way that I was in contradiction to God's word, that there was something in me that wasn't right. And, and so every time I came upon one of those places where, where my opinion and God's opinion crossed, and that is the cross you carry, is a place where your will and God's will cross, and you give up your will, choose to give up your will. You're not made to give up your will. You give up your will because you trust him more than you trust yourself. So in Luke 17, the Pharisees, you know, they, were, they, they just were not getting this thing about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And they were always challenging Jesus. And I'm not going to go into this right now. I might touch on it later. But I want you to realize they didn't kill Jesus because they didn't believe he was the Messiah. They killed Jesus because they did believe he might be the Messiah. But the problem is they believed he was a Messiah, the Messiah. Who was not going to fulfill their religious objectives? Therefore, they rejected him. They did not want him. They did not want a suffering Messiah. They did not want a kingdom that started in our hearts and grows and influences us inwardly to such a degree that that our natural influence on the world around us is a kingdom influence. It is a God influence. That's not what they want. It's not what the church, most of the church today, doesn't want that. Uh, The majority of believers don't want what Jesus is offering. They want the benefits, but they do not want to make the journey. And, uh, you know, if you want to have the resources of heaven here on earth, there's really not another way other than uh, living and abiding in uh, the kingdom of God or entering the kingdom of God and living and abiding in the kingdom of heaven. There is not another way. You can try and try and try and try, but you are not going to find it. So it says, it says uh, when he was asked by the Pharisees, speaking of Jesus, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see, see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I want, you to, I want you to understand this. You just watched over the next several years, there are going to be many false messiahs that rise up. And one of the ways that you know they're a false messiah is because they will, they're going to offer to establish a kingdom that is external, that has nothing to do with righteousness in your heart. It has nothing to do with following the ways of God. It has nothing to do with how you treat people. And when the Antichrist declares the false peace in the Middle East, one of the ways you're going to know he's the Antichrist is because he is, you know, like the the crooked criminal politicians right now. I mean, you know, they make... They make generalizations about how everybody's going to have to live at peace. They make generalizations about how people have to get along, but then at the end of the day, they define that and describe that and force that upon you. And so anytime a person comes offering to establish an external kingdom, you know they're a false Christ, you know they're, they're probably a deceit or a false leader? No one. Is going to establish the kingdom of God on earth, on earth until Jesus comes back and uh, we are transformed, and with him we overthrow the Antichrist, the followers of the Antichrist, and we establish God's rule on planet earth for a thousand years, and we will rule and reign with him. That's, that's a boy, that's a hard to get a hold of. So, anyhow, Jesus points out that this kingdom that he is speaking of cannot come, it doesn't come by observation, because it is something that happens within you. So if we want to discover this, this entering the this kingdom of God, the doorway is our heart, living in the kingdom of heaven is when we abide in that realm, then we have to realize we are going to have to look into our heart. We're going to have to develop our capacity to hear, to recognize, to trust, and follow the voice of God when he speaks in our heart. We're going to have to identify the beliefs of our heart. What do we believe we should do when people wrong us? What do we do if we realize we have wronged other people? Remember, 80% of all the commandments uh, were not about how we relate to God. They were about how we walk and love toward other people how we treat other people fairly how we treat other people kindly and you know just think about this married couples if if the husband and the wife both are committed to the lordship of jesus then no matter what problem you face if jesus is lord you can sit down together and say let's, let's start looking in the word of god to discover the solution to this and what it needs to look like in our lives you see When we choose, really choose to make Jesus Lord, when we really choose to walk this path with Him, well, then then we're going to find the kingdom. We're going to find that place. We're going to find that entryway. And we're going to find a quality of life, honestly, that very few people ever, ever, ever find. Also, remember, if you want to help us raise up one billion disciples around the world, you go to my my website, drjimrichards.com or impactministries.com. I'll tell you what we're doing around the world, and you can, you know, you can be a world changer who helps us uh, transform lives, raise up leaders, develop, start churches, start Bible schools all over the world. And remember, if you've got somebody who's just struggling with life, share this with them. Send this message to them. If you're watching this on YouTube, like it. Comment on it. This means that other people will have the opportunity to get to hear and see this that otherwise wouldn't. So be sure to share it